You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey friends, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm Brianna. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Lauren, who's local to Oklahoma, and she's a mother and a woman of all trades. We discovered her from her Instagram profile, at In the Grassland, and we're drawn to her beauty and her creative sense in her photos, her whole vibe, and just her love for cannabis. And we're stoked to have her here with us today to share what her journey has been like and just really get to know her. So please welcome Lauren to the Cannabis Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Lauren. Hi, guys. Hey. We're so happy to have you here. I'm so excited to be here today. <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. Yay. Yes. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to drive from Tulsa to be here with us today. So let's just start from the beginning. Tell us where your cannabis journey first began. My cannabis journey first began. A lot of people on your podcast, their age is 14. Yeah. And I am to the 14-year-old okay. who made a clay little Play-Doh pipe. Wow, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's different. We've never heard clay Play-Doh. <laughs> yeah, clay Play-Doh pipe, hanging out with my friends in a park, which, you know, it's crazy to think about of a little 14-year-old doing that, but that's the very first time that I smoked weed, and it, it started there, but I didn't do it very long. Yeah. I tried it, and I was like, oh, you know, probably greening out things are spinning and I stopped, didn't want anything to do with it for a while. Mm -hmm. And then life went on, turned 16, got into a relationship, didn't touch it for a for a long period. Mm -hmm. And then had my son at 20 and then 21 hit and I had the ability to start smoking it because it became legal Mm -hmm. in 2018 here. And that's kind of where my journey started. Okay. Yeah. So started in 2018. I met um, I met a guy named Justin who owns Earthmade Farms out in Sterling, Oklahoma. Okay. And he is an amazing man. And he kind of showed me a whole new world of weed and cannabis mm-hmm. that, you know, Ooh. yeah, that yeah. I didn't know before. And yeah. from someone who's passionate on that level, like it's really inviting. It's a whole different from. experience of uh-huh. learning. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Justin. Yeah, 100%. He, he's so knowledgeable in the plant and the medicine. And, you know, so going from like the little 14 year old who just mm-hmm. was smoking it with her friends, getting yeah. high, doing mm-hmm. that thing, you know, and then very quickly learning about as a medicine rather than right. just like this party favor trick. Yeah, you know? exactly. So speaking of the medicine part, was there a time when you realized that cannabis was more of an intentional use for you? Like, did you have a flip that switched after you had used it for a little bit? So, yes. In fact, you know, four years, 2018 is whenever it became legal. And that's whenever I first started smoking just in general. Yeah. Um, went through a period of just smoking every day, doing the chronic cannabis use. And it wasn't until probably about a year and a half ago. Well, I guess maybe at the very beginning of COVID 2020, when everything shut down Mm -hmm. and I realized how um, important 
cannabis is to a lot of people and using it as their medicine, whether it be, you know, someone who has cancer and uses it for nausea or someone who has seizures and uses it to help them not have their seizures. I realized with the shutdown, how important it was for people to kind of have access to this plant. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was like when it first clicked in my head of how that this, this plant that grows out of the ground isn't just to like have fun with yeah that people actually use it for mm-hmm. a purpose right, um, right so that's 2020 is probably whenever the f- the flip switched in my brain of how important it was because I saw a lot of people who were without it yeah or were struggling to get it because a lot of you know dispensaries during the shut during the shutdown mm-hmm. either were only doing curbside pickup right. or you know they were shut down completely because they mm-hmm. couldn't afford to stay open and I ha- I saw a lot of people on Facebook groups talking about how they needed help and that's kind of whenever I realized okay this is this is bigger than just yeah getting stoned getting stoned yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. About. it's a necessity yeah. for a lot of people yes yeah. for sure that's awesome it's cool to hear how 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 and when the flip switches for people and in what way and I feel like that's not even a personal thing for you like a personal experience it's an external experience so for you to see other people in need and it click for you you're like oh shit like this is more than what I'm just using it for which is really cool because I feel like for a lot of people it's internal not so much like based on other people right so my mom she my mom suffered with uh, stage four cancer and it, this was in 2017 whenever it wasn't legal and we couldn't get our hands on it and I just remember seeing her so nauseous and her just being like damn if cannabis was legal I'd be able to you know consume this and feel better and even then I didn't realize that it could be a medicine for people yeah. and you know it really took people being without it completely Mm -hmm. to some regard for me to understand that and so I'm really lucky that I I had kind of the insight Mm -hmm. and the the inward ability to see that because you know in this in this industry it's um, kind of sad honestly Mm -hmm. how many people need it and like don't have access to it even in other states Mm -hmm. yeah for sure so cannabis is a tool we utilize we love what's this plant done for you Oh my gosh, so many things. I was actually talking to a friend this morning about, and I was going down memory lane of moments that I specifically remember cannabis helping me um, in 20, I guess it was June of 2020, I had a gallbladder attack and gallbladder issues runs in my family to the Briley genes. And so it runs in my family and I like didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gone to a bunch of different doctors, f- had uh, ultrasound done on my gallbladder and found out that my, my gallbladder was only working at 20%, but I had no gallstones or any, I had a little bit of sludge. And the only thing that helped me <laughs> was cannabis at this time okay yeah Yeah. and even like any sort of pain pain meds Mm -hmm. you know I had to change my diet a lot but cannabis was really one of the only things that at the time helped my gallbladder completely like heal itself wow yeah it was absolutely amazing a combination of two strains called gas lantern and super silver haze Mm -hmm. I really believe like the terpene profiles and that helped uh, me immensely with just like my relaxation of my muscles and the pain relief as well. And then, you know, antimicrobial properties in both of the terpenes, uh, 
It was amazing. That's was amazing. Life-changing. That's crazy. So it healed you. Like did you didn't you haven't had issues no. with your gallbladder since. And, it's and all you did was smoke. Yeah, all I did was yeah. smoke and take edibles wow. at that time. And I really attest that to just being very mindful of how I was consuming it. Like I did a, a pretty much like fifty milligrams of edibles at that time to help combat the pain. It was yeah. really, really painful. But yeah, that so 2020 was like really whenever I realized that this is medicine. Yeah. It was crazy. Okay. It was yeah. an enlightening year for that. you. Yeah. Yes. And it's different than like what other people have said too, yeah. you know, with like it becoming legal here in 2018 and then like you really becoming enlightened to it in 2020. I and mean, that's like still so recent, but it's mm-hmm. everyone's just on their different journey of like, you know. Figuring it, it out. Yeah. Whatever it works. And yeah. Clicking for what works for you yes. and your and your really like the purpose and the mindful consumption of it. Because again, like you guys have talked about what's mindful consumption and what does that look like to you? And for me, 2020 hit hard. Yeah. It was a year of everyone's sick. Everyone's trying to just survive. And I was too. And luckily, luckily Justin, who I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier, he really helped me figure out what terpene profiles were for my body and like doing the, so nice. Yeah. The trial and error of it Mm -hmm. all was amazing. What was the terp, um, like the most dominant terp and the strains that was giving you the most relief? So I typically have a lot of anxiety with limamine, Mm -hmm. honestly, but that's that's why I mixed the two of uh, the gas lantern okay. and the limamine together because the or, uh, super silver haze is very high in limamine. But the gas lantern, I think it's called neroli or something. Neralidol. Yeah, neralidol. Yeah. And okay. so the that mixed with the limamine together created a really good environment for my body and my wow. endocannabinoid system. So those two together really helped with the That's pain crazy. management. Crazy. Yeah, the gas lantern and the super silver wow. haze. So That's those so two, cool. even to this day, I'm like, if I had the time to really dive deep and combine strains, like those two together would make a amazing like pain relief strain for people yeah so that's cool that's good to know anyone listening just picked up some good information (laughs) so to get to know you a little better lauren what are a few things that you really enjoy doing like what ignites your fire oh my gosh sitting outside connecting with nature i spend a lot of time at the lake keystone is like the closest lake to tulsa it's not the cleanest lake i will say that (laughs) but it's the closest and it gets the job done like sitting out in nature and just being away grounding myself and obviously i'm a mom so really being intentional with my time with my son Mm -hmm. whenever i have him putting 100 percent of myself immersing myself in him so two things being outside being with my son outside both. Mm-hmm. I also love to write. Writing is a huge passion of mine. And it's something that for a long time I've kind of neglected and I've come back to here and there, Yeah, but releasing emotions, all of those three yeah. things combined mm-hmm. at the same time is just like light, lights my fire more than anything. Yeah. But you know, I have, I also have a passion for art. I Went to school for graphic design and okay. apparel design. So very cool. cool. Love art, love music, all of the arts anyways yes that's exciting sounds awesome so let's hit on living intentionally what's something you have held on to or a routine you have that has allowed you to take care of yourself be mindful feel grounded and recenter yourself that is an amazing question honestly and I'm gonna think about it for just a second because I really do 
actually do a lot of things to do that. Yeah. Especially with being a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I notice in your Instagram, like your um, captions are very intriguing or like they're very well spoken or just well said, or you have a lot to say, but like it's fun to read. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. So, I came into motherhood at 20 years old, and I think that that's very important to talk about because it was far before I really was ready, Mm -hmm. right? So becoming a mom at 20 and being completely immersed in motherhood takes away from really who you are. You all of a sudden are caring for this little being. Right. Not yourself as much. Exactly. And a lot of people struggle with finding or like, who, who who am I now? You know, yeah. I, am I this little baby? I'm not just a mom. I'm not just, you know, a caretaker for this person. And sometimes you can really lose yourself. Mm-hmm. Something that I did and, but then worked on. And I realized that taking time for yourself, whether that means taking 20 minutes in the morning to do your hair or to wash your face, stretch, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you need to write in your journal or if you need to listen to a podcast and telling your kid like, it's okay. You're okay. Go play in your room. Go play with your Legos or, you know, go spend some time outside and just really taking time to be intentional with yourself. Because if you yourself aren't happy, your kid's certainly not going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah, It's a reflection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I, I read a lot of, you know, gentle parenting books and that's, that's kind of the way that I raise my son is in the gentle parenting realm, not 100% specific to gentle parenting, but mm-hmm. I definitely take a lot of things from that. Mm-hmm. And something that I learned along the way is that in order for me to be a good mom to my son, I have to take care of myself and love myself first. So, yeah. you know, in the morning he comes and he gets my, in my bed at 5 a.m. and he's like, mom, can you scratch my back? <laughs> and so I'm like, cute. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to scratch your back. I'm going to scratch your back for 10 minutes and we're going to lay in bed and we're going to have our time. And then you're going to go in your room and you're going to go get ready. And then you're going to play so that I can get ready yeah. and take care of myself and like make myself feel good. So I started that at a very young age, just like integrating mm-hmm. him being alone because kids can be alone. They yeah. learn the best when they're alone. And that way, Mom's happy later. Yeah. It's all just right. a harmonious yes. thing. And it can be easy if mm-hmm. you yeah. set yourself up for that kind of success. Yeah, you know? 100%. And start it young because, like, your kids' attachment parenting is something that I kind of wish that earlier on I had implemented more into, you know, being I – did, I didn't carry Casper around all the time on my hip. But I think that now our relationship is sweet because he comes to me whenever he does need mm-hmm. to be nurtured and he's also able to go play on his own and he doesn't have to have me yeah, like yeah. playing with him. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times like uh, from f- after I pick him up from school, so from 5 to about 7 p.m., we eat outside and he plays with Legos and I sit in the hammock and we each, we're by each other. We're kind yeah. of in the same But you're room. doing your own thing. We're doing our own thing. And it makes it's important. It, yeah, it does. And it's honestly been really beautiful for the both of us because we're growing up together. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm only 26 and he's five. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's been a learning curve, definitely. But going back to the intentional living and mindful living is taking a step back and evaluating what do I need as a mom for my son to make sure that I raise an emotionally stable person. Yeah. And that for me is space mm-hmm. with a loving arm reached out to him. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, as I, 
as I continue through motherhood, because it's ever changing and it's right. ever growing, you know, finding the ways to adopt that into our daily routine. So in the morning we do that, in the afternoon we do that too. And just taking time whenever he comes up to me and he's like, hey mom, look at this. Putting whatever I'm doing down. Yeah. And making eye contact with what he's mm-hmm. doing because then I also feel like I'm a good mom. You know, yeah, mom right. guilt is yeah. real. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if I if I'm not present all the time, if I'm not next to him, I kind of feel like I'm not doing him the service of like being a good mom, quote unquote. Yeah. But you know, if I take the time to really be intentional and let him know like I'm listening to mm-hmm. you, it fuels my fire as well. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then I'm like, I feel like I'm fueling my own fire, fueling my kids' fire. And ultimately, again, it's like a harmonious circle that mm-hmm. we just live in. Yeah. And so That's really cool. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You're, you sound like such a great mother. Like you just, <laughs> the way you speak and like there's so much intentionality that goes behind raising kids. And I don't have any, but my friends have kids and just even watching them raise. And it's always interesting to see how different people raise their yeah. kids and the thought process behind it. And I feel like being intentional and mindful with your own self and like, not that you're selfish because you're always going to be selfless being a mother, but you are selfish and right. you have to be selfish. And I feel like moms forget that. And again, I'm not a mother, so I cannot relate. But even as a human, if you're not taking care of yourself first, yeah. no other relationships getting nurtured. And I feel like that goes into your kids as well. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, Sob, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. You know the quote, like, you can't love someone unless you love yourself. That yeah. even applies to your children, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Relationships, yeah. your children. And for, I've talked about this on my platform, but whenever I first had my son, I really, like I said, I wasn't ready mm-hmm. to have him. And I remember just, like, sitting and looking at him and being like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> like, what have I done? I'm not ready for this. Uh-huh. Uh, can we backtrack? And, like, you know, throughout taking time for myself, realizing that it's okay to like have someone watch your kid. It's okay for your grandparents to watch your kids mm-hmm. so that you can go do something for yeah, yourself. Yeah. Because like the next day you're going to hang out with your kid and mm-hmm. they're going to like have the best time with you yeah. because you're happy. Like, or I yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And then you're like ready to like yeah. be there and mm-hmm. be present. And the way that I think about it, so I co-parent, I have, you know, I have my ex-husband, he, we have him 50, 50. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I look at it is whenever I don't have my son, I'm doing things to like really make sure that I'm on top of my game for whenever my kiddo comes. And then, even still, whenever I do have him, mm. setting aside that time to like be like, okay, things are getting a little crazy. I'm gonna have to take a step back and realizing that it's okay because it really does take a community to like build a, yes. a, a healthy child. Yes, yes it, does. it does. And so whenever my my stepmom, she's like, I want to watch Casper. You can go like mm-hmm. clean your car. I'm like, okay, peace. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Like, I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have fun because he is having so much fun. Mm-hmm. He's not even thinking about me. No, you know. Yeah. Sure. So that's yeah. good. So 
Okay. So on the opposite side of that, then it's easy to fall into like hurdles of life and just like going up and down through, you know, negative thought patterns when you feel uncertain or like you're in a rut, what's something that inspires you to like pull yourself out of those times? I feel like that's something we're always trying to figure out too within ourselves where we talk about it. So I like to hear from other people, like what gets you out of a rut or creative rut or just like in life in general, but yeah. Because you're creative. Yeah, you're very creative. Yes, yes, I am creative and I definitely have ruts as we all do. Mm -hmm. I think really ebbs and flows and understanding that life has like these roller coasters of ups and downs and realizing that you don't have to always be creative all the time. And in fact, it's probably not healthy for us to be something all the time. Mm -hmm. And whenever I am in a creative rut, I just remember like, okay, give yourself grace because you will not be in this creative rut for forever. Mm -hmm. Right. Taking a step back and doing something else. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm a, I am love to write, and a lot of my captions on Instagram com- are inspired by my writings from my journal and what I want to express. And sometimes okay. I don't know what yeah. I want to write about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's whenever I post the little emojis with the lions or whatever have you. So I take a step back, and I'm like, okay, it's okay, it's okay for me to be in a rut. Take, take a min- minute to do something else ground myself, go sit out in nature, look around and like try to clear my head of the noise because life is always noisy. Coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Whether, you know, you're constantly listening to music or podcasts mm-hmm. or talking with friends, taking time to sit in silence and decompartmentalize your thoughts and kind of figure out like, why am I in this rut anyways? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what, am I not inspired by what's around me? Cause if so, maybe I need to change that up you know Mm -hmm. maybe I need to put myself into a different environment and especially with like what I do for a living creative marketing it's easy to get in those ruts and Mm -hmm. to be uninspired but allowing yourself to be uninspired and then going and just sitting away grounding yourself Mm -hmm. taking a minute to to decompartmentalize and then finding joy in like the small things and finding yeah. inspiration in like tiny little minute things, whether right. it be a little flower on the side of the road or the butter, like there are a ton of monarchs right now out, mm-hmm. in, out in nature and just finding inspiration in the, in the real life things, yeah. you know, not just yeah. like the, the facade that is life. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Taking a step back and just like analyzing and then coming back. And sometimes you have where these new creative ideas are coming through mm-hmm. you. And then sometimes you just straight up need to switch up your life. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And Completely. at that point, I feel like you kind of know. That's yeah, right. exactly. You, you, There's like this inner knowing of like, okay, I think it's time. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me. I was a florist for five years. And I just knew that it was time to just go on to the next thing. That floristry would always be there for me whenever I was ready for it. But right now I'm in this rut of Mm -hmm. feeling like I don't want to do this anymore and I don't want it to ruin my view on flowers and nature. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so allowing Mm -hmm. myself to be like, okay, 
it's time. Taking space. Taking yeah. space, 100%. Yeah. And then coming back in a year five, yeah. you yeah, know, and sure. just allowing that. And understanding that life is about the ebbs and flows and that it's okay for change. Yeah. Yeah. And but change, it. people don't like change. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, change it, is hard. It, yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's, it is. And we're uncomfortable with uncomfortability. I like, yeah. I like to say that, like, I like change because, yeah. like, I mm-hmm. do enjoy switching things up. And, like, I need that, Mm -hmm. like, not always happening, but you know what I mean? Like, I need, like, seasons, but I feel like when I'm in them and I'm just like, wow, there's a lot of change happening. (laughs) What is happening? But, like, I'm also like, oh, well, I'm supposed to embrace this because, like, Mm -hmm. I I like when different things are happening because it's exciting. It's switching up where I'm going and the people, places, and things I'm running into, you know, even though it might not feel comfortable, it's still like riding that wave and and growing. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of letting it crash. It's also not wanting to be complacent. Like we, I feel like we've gone through so much change this year and it's been, it's been a hard year, but it's been a good year. And I feel like without that change and being pushed to uncomfortable limits, yeah, I feel like what's been happening and unfolding would have never happened, but it's also exciting because- I like being uncomfortable. If I'm comfortable in the same thing for a long time, I get bored really easily, it, like very easily. So like the change that you're talking about is yeah. so good. It's so yeah. important. It, it like forces you to grow. Yeah. hundred so, percent. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you have things in your life that are forcibly making you grow right. yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like at the standstill, you're kind of like, when's the change coming? Yeah, you know, what's, what's, next? what's next? Yeah, you're like <laughs> anticipating it. Yes. Yes. And it, it does some, like, it's a good, again, it's all about the roller coasters. Yes. It, that's the way I like to view it. Yes. It's like life is one beautiful mess of a roller coaster and you just better hang on. Yes. yes. You better life. hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Great advice. Well, yeah. One arm, two arms. <laughs> no arms, is there, toes. Is there a lap thing going over? Or is it like a, you yes. know, a chest clip? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Just roll with it. <laughs> That's funny. So we always do a dive through people's social media to get to know them before we meet. We interview them, meet them. And I was scrolling through, scrolling through yours and I saw that you lost your mother. And that's something I can relate to because I've lost mine recently. Grief is something people shy away from because it makes them very uncomfortable and because it is really heavy. Throughout your grieving experience, do you feel like cannabis has helped shift your perspective of life? And do you feel like it's played a part in helping you healing and cope? That is a beautiful question. And also, I just want to say I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. I'm there with you. Likewise. I think that losing my mom. Okay, so it all happened so fast, Mm -hmm. honestly, if you don't mind me sharing the very brief story. So I got married in 2016, found out that I was pregnant on purpose like a month after we got married. On November 16th, 2016, the same day that I found out I was pregnant, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. So it was like this weird juxtaposition, bittersweet day of finding out like, oh my gosh, I'm about to have this little baby. And the excitement. And the excitement of all other feelings. Yes, 100%. And then also like in the other room, right after you tell your mom that you're pregnant, her getting a phone call from her doctor saying, you have stage four cancer. And her not really understanding what that meant, right? And so three months to the day after February 16th, I was about 
20, 18 to 20 weeks pregnant. She, it was just like this beautiful two days after Valentine's Day. And she passed away from a pulmonary embolism, funnily enough. So like, you know, stage four cancer, they tell you like, you're either going to die of cancer yeah. mm-hmm. or something else is going to kill you before that. Yeah. And with her, she just had this, she had this overwhelming piece of just death she had me at 40. So okay, she was wow, older. Okay, yeah. okay. So she was 40 even or she had me. So she was always preparing me like, Lauren, like, I'm not going to be here for forever, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to be here to take care of you for forever. I love you and I'm going to help guide you so that whenever I'm not here, you can live the best life possible. Yeah, right? yeah. So she already had that in my brain yeah. at 12. She's like showing me the filing cabinet. <laughs> Lauren, whenever you die, come to this oh filing cabinet. Yeah. But like ultimately... Like, yeah. It saved my life. For sure. Because whenever she did pass away and I was pregnant, you know, my fight or flight kicked in. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. I have this baby that's growing inside of me who's ultimately like my number one like focus right now. But also trying to mourn the loss of my mom in a healthy yeah. way. Yeah. And not let it like I'm pregnant and I have yeah, a child. Affect I your child. Yeah, affect your child. Yeah. Yes, because I was an only child and I was my mom's only like okay. pride and joy. Yeah. yeah. And so we were best friends. Through the loss of her, I basically didn't have time to really cope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, if I'm being one hundred percent honest, I was in fight or flight and I was like, I got this little baby that I gotta take care of and I didn't take the time to cope. And I think with her death, I realized that life is so short, Mm -hmm. right? And I actually didn't start consuming cannabis until about a year after she passed away. So because I didn't consume while I was pregnant Mm -hmm. and I went through a divorce shortly after my son turned one and so it wasn't probably until about a year and a half after she passed away that I started consuming, Um, but I had this really weird, enlightening transformation that happened after she passed away where I realized life is so short and it's so beautiful and I don't want to take anything for granted. And um, so once I I introduced cannabis into my life, I kind of had this weird, I don't know, yeah, the only thing that I'd like to consider is a transformation. It happened overnight. I woke up and I was a completely different person, but I really believe that it was because I had this very interesting experience, like smoking weed for the first time after she passed away, where I kind of sat with myself and I really evaluated like what I was doing. Who Mm. am I? Like I had a really big ego dump, honestly. It's Mm. like I... I'm a mom, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, but also I'm none of these things. And I'm myself, but I'm not myself because what you think you are is not who you are, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that once I had that with the first use of cannabis, like after my mom passed away, I had like this really huge transformation that blossomed into what I would consider now as like this ongoing growing experience of just a monarch transformation Honestly. Yeah, yeah. And so my first use after her death was really impactful to me because it really helped me decompartmentalize all of the noise and thoughts that, mm-hmm. you know, I just been had been mustering inside of yeah. me after her death and without the coping, it helped me kind of like in be in touch with the emotions because smoking cannabis brings out the tears, you know. Sure does. Yeah. yeah. I I really had a moment of this emotional like 
because I hadn't, I hadn't sat with the, the loss of her. Mm-hmm. And then once I like had those emotions flood in, that's whenever I started using cannabis, like pretty heavily after she passed away. Um, so I, I guess that would be, well, maybe 20, 20, early 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And it wow. was really beautiful. So yeah. what I don't like to, I don't like to talk about the coping side of things too much because that kind of leads into a whole mess of like, you know, am I using this to like suppress the emotion? But Mm -hmm. the first, the first time that I started consuming after her death was like a really eye-opening experience. It was like a tool for you in that Mm -hmm. moment and you didn't even really know it. It was like, it was welcoming you back to like what you have, like you had met before, you know, but like it was at a time where, that's what you needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you release know. of emotions, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. because I hadn't... You didn't even tough. know that's yeah. what it was going to do. Oh, no, no yeah, way. Which is the best part <laughs> yeah. when you go into it like that. Yeah, so, it, and, it, yeah. and it opens up, like, this whole world of, like, yeah. feeling. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that happened for yeah, you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. That's great. Thank you yeah. for asking. <laughs> so from one of the, another one of your posts I read, like we said, your writing is really intriguing. Um, you've recently been sober from using cannabis due to CHS. Could you tell us about that experience and explain what CHS, CHS is for people listening who may not know? For sure. So I'll kind of start off with the story. It happened on a fine Thursday afternoon. <laughs> oh my gosh, the day the world changed. I love that you have dates and times on everything. It's been very helpful to keep your story straight. I'd like, I'd like to paint the big picture. You're doing great, sis. You're doing great. So with my new job, uh, I am in cannabis production. So part of my job is testing different thing products that we come out with. And... So the story starts off actually the day before. It was a Wednesday, and I had found a lump in my breast, Mm -hmm. and I had this overwhelming sense of stress, and I was just like, because, you know, my mom had cancer, so Mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting cancer, I'm going to die, and the next day, I go to work, and I'm testing this joint, and all of a sudden, I go inside, and it's like a brick was thrown at me, smacked me clear in the face. I all of a sudden get 160 beats per minute heart rate. I'm like flushed white as a ghost. My coworker is looking at me and he's like, Lauren, you do not look good. And I'm like, I don't feel good. So I run to the bathroom thinking that I'm going to throw up because, you know, I have this lump in my throat and it's just sitting there and I keep swallowing, hoping that nothing comes up and drinking water and hoping that nothing comes up. But my heart is racing completely, uh, beating out of my chest. And Justin, who I will keep referring to throughout this podcast, (laughs) bless his heart, he's the most amazing man ever, but we do a lot of like cannabis research back and forth. He's he's a biologist, so he's like deep into that. Mm -hmm. And we had read about CHS prior. And so Mm. coming across it, I was like, I remembered. I was like, am I? developing CHS, this rare thing that apparently like no one ever really gets in cannabis. And so going back to the story, we call an ambulance, right? Because I'm like, am I having a heart attack? I don't know. I didn't think I was having anxiety because I actually hadn't dealt with a whole lot of anxiety through the past Mm -hmm. five years just because of cannabis, right? 
it's been helping me with my anxiety. So I didn't think it was anxiety. Call the ambulance. They're like, girl, your heart's beating out of your chest. Are you okay? And I'm like, I, you know, have to smoke this joint and I'm feeling really nauseous. So I go home. I take a hot bath and it goes away, which is like the dinger. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is what I've read about. So with CHS, what does that stand for? Cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. So with cannabis, it's supposed to help keep the muscles between your throat and your stomach closed. That's why a lot of people with cancer use it for nausea because it'll help them not feel nauseous. It'll help them not throw up. Well, this beautiful bug does the opposite of that to where you can get violently ill, like throwing up dehydration happens so apparently there are like two phases of it which i the more that we've done research the more that i've kind of figured out so it starts off as you might wake up and you have this headache and you kind of feel like you have morning sickness is like the best way i can describe it Mm -hmm. and you're like okay i don't feel very good so i'm gonna do the usual thing and smoke my morning joint and maybe it'll go away Mm -hmm. well ultimately what that's doing is it's kind of kicking in more and more so Phase two of it is whenever the bouts of sickness come. And really the only way that you can get cured, quote unquote, of it is by stopping smoking. But um, so I was like forced into this idea that like I, as a chronic cannabis user for four years now have this thing that I have to figure out if it is this by stop smoking weed. And come to find out... Lo and behold, it's the beautiful demon that is CHS. And it's like I've done more and more research on it, and it can be caused by a few things. One is hereditary. Mm -hmm. It just like you hear people who get sick from weed all the time, right? And they're like, oh, I smoked and I threw up. It also is there's one where it's like a stomach issue where it's like your intestine, you know, your stomach. And I don't know. I didn't do much research into that because it didn't seemingly apply to me but the third one is where I was like oh no this is probably what happened so cannabis stores in your fats in your lipid right Mm -hmm. well it's stress induced and the night before I had found that lump in my breast and I was in this fear mongering state Mm -hmm. of stress Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like my body had a toxin dump of all of the THC that I had been consuming probably for god knows how long making me sick and so that's kind of from the research that I've done that usually are the three things that kind of kick this mm-hmm. thing yeah. into gear. And yeah. so I think I apply to the third of the stress induced okay. okay. situation. Yeah. Did you consume after the first, after you realized after smoking that one joint and then you got sick, did you consume anything else after that? I consumed one later in the afternoon uh-huh. and I had, I called the ambulance again. Uh, yeah. I, I called the ambulance damn. again because I was damn. like, I, I I probably would have tried again later though, just to be like, let me test this out, what's happening. Because in my head, I'm like, what was the flower you were smoking? Like, and you know, I'm like, did, who was the grower? Like I kind of go down to that and like, what did that trigger you? If this is so random, you know, but then like, I don't know, you said you smoked another joint, which is probably not the same flower that you tested and then it happened. Mm -hmm. So, so it's really, it's really bizarre. I mean, the, 
after posting about mm-hmm. it, the inflood of people saying, like, really? oh, my God, my brother had this. My dad had this. My mom, yeah. I've had this. Yeah. And then going on Facebook, honestly, and seeing Facebook groups that are specifically to For CHS uh-huh. and seeing how many people actually have suffered with it. Yeah. It was, like, really eye-opening because, you know, in Oklahoma where – you know, farms kind of have a lot of little bit of leeway, if you will. Like yeah. people can pay for testing to be whatever you want, you know. And if you're not paying attention to the farms that you're buying from, and if you're not paying attention sure. to, you know, the pesticide, if if they're putting pesticides on their plants, or if it's indoor or outdoor, or, you know, mm-hmm. what the THC percentage is, like this can really cause some issues, right? And so that's why, like, the trial and error of it, you know, of if it happens again after you, you know, after your first little bout of being sick. And if you keep getting sick, that's a really good indicator. And the hot bath. Mm -hmm. For some reason, those two things are like the the hot bath. Yeah, if you take a hot bath and it goes away and you feel fine pretty much, like that's a really key indicator. Yeah, whenever I've been doing my research, it's like that Mm. the hot bath is like the kicker. I don't know why. I'm assuming because like uh, the shock of, you know, the temperature Mm -hmm. with like your nervous system probably does something to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's whenever I kind of realized that I might have this uh, very quote unquote rare thing that Mm -hmm. is in the cannabis industry that I don't really think is so rare Mm -hmm. after all. You know, I think some people might just not realize that they have it yeah. or, yeah. you know, they don't try it again for a while and so they don't get sick again. Right. They don't dig more into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. this must be a big transition for you. This isn't something you wish to happen. And I know people are familiar with taking sabbaticals or tolerance breaks from consuming cannabis, but this is different. Mentally, how have you been, how have you been with going from smoking all the time to like nothing at all? What's that been like? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> the real question. So this is the hard-hitting question, and I might get a little emotional when we're talking about this because it really was so jarring because it happened yeah. on just like a I fine can imagine. Thursday yeah. afternoon. I would freak out. Yeah, and especially <laughs> because like, you know, you guys are in it too. This is your whole, like, yeah. this is what you've built your platform around is mm-hmm. like advocacy for this right. plant and making people feel like, you know, like I'm a single mom too and mm-hmm. I smoke to help with X, Y, and Z or, you know, whatever it is. And so I remember whenever I realized like I might not be able to smoke ever again being a cannabis model I was like oh no my whole life is just being ripped from me and I'll just be honest with you like the detox was really I I mean I've never been on any substance or like Mm -hmm. I don't even drink Mm -hmm. and so you know detoxing was actually really hard on my body and my mental health if I'm not being if I'm being honest like I remember sitting in the Barnes and Noble parking lot and having a mental breakdown and being like I'm not okay I don't know what's happening like I don't know you know what my future looks like in the cannabis community especially because I've been an advocate for so long and you know connecting with people about this plant and now I don't feel like I have a way to do that. Yeah. And but so the first week weekend, I would say, was really rough if I'm being honest. Like I thought I was I was spiraling. Yeah. Um but then I had an overwhelming sense of peace because ultimately this plant is still so important mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of research done on it because it has been only legal for so long yeah. that like we just don't know. 
is the facts. And so I kind of switched my viewpoint on it rather than being like, oh no, my whole life is like gone and I can't. I mean, and that's not, yeah. that's not a good mental place to get into like yeah. with whatever's happening to your body. If you give too much life to it, you might grow it and yeah. you got to be mindful of keeping that balance. Yeah. You know? 100%. So I tried really hard to flip my perspective real fast yeah. because I could have gone down yeah. real hard and then you know god forbid that happened but mm-hmm. i kind of flipped my perspective a little bit and i just realized like okay cannabis isn't going anywhere yeah. right and it, it really is such an amazing plant and there's a lot of benefits that it brings to people and even though like right now i can't consume it just because i have to detox it from my body yeah. like that doesn't mean that i can't still be a part of it and spread right. awareness yeah. and like also like you still have knowledge you're yeah, still learning exactly being knowledgeable and like letting people know like this plant is so amazing and like it has so many great properties and benefits but like okay Let's think about it. Why are we consuming? Yeah. Like, you know, um, is it an ailment that you're that you're suffering with that you need some help with? You know, are you treating anxiety? And if so, like, what are the healthy ways to consume this plant that has such little research done on it because it's still not legal in a lot mm-hmm. of states? Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of like after I had my mental breakdown because it definitely did happen. I cried a lot. I cried yeah. so much and I felt like I was having an identity crisis. But then I was like, you know what? I'm not weed. Yeah. Like this plant is not who I am. Yeah. Like I am me and that's okay. Let's refocus. Did you have... Um some pretty intense vivid dreams. Oh my gosh. Oh guys, I didn't dream for four years. Okay, I haven't dreamed yeah. in years. Okay, it's 100%, because cannabis. Yeah. 100%. And now, guys, I had a dream that I was like sperm the other day. What? Literally. What? Yeah. <laughs> And like I Googled it and it was like, your, your transformation, you're having a rebirth situation. It was okay. right after I had, after I had this happen to oh me. Oh my God. I dreamt that I was it, like me in a little sperm. It, it was so weird, guys. Lauren, wow. That's this is crazy. So yeah. Crazy. And my dreams have come back full force. Like I can see things in them yeah. and I remember them whenever I wake up. I think I it's a beautiful up. thing. I think a lot of people um, want to dream or they do things or take things to help them dream because you do figure out things in your life and you do dig deeper and yeah. you figure out things you don't know but and I'm not I haven't dreamt in that I mean if yeah. I if I took a sabbatical from <laughs> cannabis I'm sure I would yeah but it, I would have to be ready for that mentally just to be able to take that on so I'm, I'm like yeah are, you know, am I ready to take that on that's the real question <laughs> well and you know because dreams can be they can be interpret of, them yeah mm-hmm. I mean if especially if, you're, if, if you go down that if you believe in like mm-hmm. dreams and if some journal with it I oh. mean like really and truly why Think about it. Depth, the depth of it. And so, yeah, dreams came back full force. And it almost happened, like, almost immediately. About a week after I was, like, detoxing, the dreams Mm -hmm. came back. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like again. Because, again, four years of not dreaming. And then, like, Mm. trying, throughout those four years, trying to focus on dreaming. So do you, right, right. like okay I'm gonna really focus on trying to dream tonight and then not dreaming and then I'm like okay well it's the weed yeah isn't that crazy yeah do you are you enjoying that the dream part even though it might be kind of scary or intense I guess you could say I love it because I had I like I just people would like text me like I had this dream right Uh and I'm like oh 
I know. I've forgotten what that's like. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm here right you. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if, and I'm if I'm being honest, uh, like my short bad. my short term memory uh-huh. like has come back too. Like things or not not my short term memory, but just like things that I had easily forgotten mm-hmm. have have come back, and my memory is like pretty sharp now. Yeah. But I really do believe that like my dreams coming back kind of has been an eye-opener mm. if I allow it to be. Okay. Yeah, if I right. allow myself to, allow it to, to interpret the dream. Yes. Because I definitely Googled why I was, you know, whatever. Yeah. Why am I dreaming that I'm flying <laughs> over a lake? You know, things like that. <laughs> I've definitely dreamt that. Or, you know, Googled. But if I allow myself to kind of d- dig deeper, I think it, it helps, like, me kind of learn more about myself yeah for with sure the dreams for yeah. sure. so i'm glad they've come back even yeah. if like i'm like what the hell i mean you're yeah. in this season for a reason mm-hmm. oh so. yeah yeah i like yeah. that seasons and reasons bars let's go brand i love that <laughs> okay so we know that speaking of the sabbatical part we know that people have done it for various reasons and all of them um feel the physical effects of not consuming um have you felt any physical changes with taking a step back from consuming more than just the dreaming we were just speaking of? Um, I, you know, physical, I don't know so much about physical because I've pretty, I've been a pretty active person my entire, after having my son. So whenever I had my son, I was uh, heavier than I am now. So I've lost a lot of weight and I've Mm -hmm. learned like to take care of like how to take care of my body that works for me so I've been pretty active since um having him so you know my my physical body not so much but it's more of like the mental yeah for me okay yeah it's definitely been more of a mental change rather than like so much a physical one okay um but you know what I will say is like feeling I don't know what you'd consider physical. To me, the mind, body, and spirit are all separate. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I would separate my my physical from my mental and soul. Yeah, no, so I agree yeah, with that. 100%. I was just wondering, like, yeah. you know, I don't know if there Even, is, like, like, their detox, like, physically, like, what that. was that like? Oh, oh my gosh. Because I know, I know people who have gone through crazy withdrawals, and, like, you always, people always say you cannot withdraw from cannabis, but, like, you really can. Have you guys taken any, like, long bouts of, like, I mean, detoxing before? The longest it's been is, like, a week, and I still had my pen with me, but it was, like, out of desperation, okay. and I couldn't consume around my parents, so it was more like a nighttime thing, but okay. not, like, it, it's been since I went to Pakistan for my sister's wedding in 2016. That was the longest, and that was 10 days. Okay. But even then, I didn't smoke than like I do now. Okay. And what about you? Have you had any I mean, I don't think, no, okay. really no, but I've gone, like, I've, I've been able to, like, go from not smoking anything all day and then, like, in the evening I end up smoking and okay. it hasn't messed with me to be like, oh, I needed this or to get, I've been active or physically doing other things, so. Oh, y'all, it was rough. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Like, for me, just personally, I definitely dealt with, um night sweats yeah. night waking up yeah. and like kind of being clammy mm-hmm. and then irritability like yeah. mm-hmm. I, th- I will never forget the scene on teen mom when janelle is yelling at her mom and she's like <laughs> i haven't smoked today like that was me i pray <laughs> and i'm like thankful for everyone who's continued to be in my life after the weekend that was lauren from hell um, because i feel like i was a demon basically i was so irritable um but the night sweats was like something that is to note like Mm. I definitely experienced that clamminess, kind of feeling just overall like it, it was coming out of my pores. Yeah, you know, yeah, hundred percent. And 
the fatigue and headaches. Headaches along with irritability is mm-hmm. not a good combo. Yeah. yeah so for I, sure. I did have all of the detox. I don't care what anyone wow. says. Yeah. I detox hard. Yeah. Okay, hard, wow. hard, so hard. how long were you detoxing for, do you think? It was a good weekend. Like okay. it happened on that Thursday. Yeah. Uh, everything happened on that Thursday. And then probably by like Monday, the majority of the like detoxing symptoms of like the headache and whatever have you went away for the most part. Um, but then it was like once the detox was done on my body, it was like the mental game. Yeah. Yep. Of like not doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of of not doing it and like, you know, depending on why you consume cannabis for me, I realized that I was not being mindful with my consumption during mm-hmm. that time. And it was like you know, not that I'm forced basically to not mm-hmm. smoke. It's not so much like, oh, I'm taking a tea break. It was like, yeah. no, you're taking a tea break, you know, yeah. and having to sit with my emotions that I had for so long realized that I was like suppressing with weed because I'd wake up, smoke, smoke at lunch, mm-hmm, smoke yeah. on the way home, smoke right. at night. And I was just like not sitting and it's very ritualistic, you know, sitting yes. down, rolling your joints mm-hmm. and whatever have you. So the emotional, after the physical, the emotional stuff kicked in and yeah. that was a whole like a week of figuring out my hormones and Mm -hmm. like getting all of that in balance afterwards and different routines I'm sure yeah Yeah. so about a whole week wow I would say okay so now that you're on this break from smoking cannabis are you consuming any other plant medicine and if so what do you do if you do feel like smoking a joint like do you have what's like your curve so for me It was like, you know, when some people are like, I just quit cold turkey. That's kind of what happened to me. I was so sick from developing CHS that I was like, I do not ever want to feel like this again. And with CHS, you're really supposed to avoid anything, like even CBD. Okay. um, You know, chocolate has Mm -hmm. cannabinoids in it. So they really, like, really are supposed to avoid all these things. But, um I had this, like I said, the mental, the emotional stuff that came afterward, I realized that I just had a lot that I needed to unpack for myself, and I wanted to do that without anything. I wanted to be completely present, no, no, you know, alcohol, no CBD cigarettes, no nothing, no herbal cigarettes, because Mm -hmm. I used to smoke those, like, a while ago, and so, yeah, I haven't, I haven't consumed anything to, I've just been, if I want to smoke anything I just go and I sit outside because mm-hmm. ultimately like I'm replacing That's you know good. that ritualistic mm-hmm. of rolling yeah. a joint That's good of you to be yeah. able to be mindful enough to be like I'm gonna go plant myself yeah like 100%. a plant yeah in the sun. <laughs> hey I love those little stories yeah <laughs> it's like how can I because you know something that I had done for so long that took took up so much time mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now what am I going to fill my time with? Yeah. yeah. Journaling, reading. Yeah. Oh, those yeah. are good for you, though. Yeah. Those are things that nourish your mind and your body and yeah. your spirit in a yeah. ton of different ways. In fact, one of my favorite episodes that you guys have done was with a girl named Britt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Her, yeah. Her, I just, like, really resonated with everything that she said. And she was very well-spoken yeah. and yes, kept blowing our minds. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and when I listened to that episode, I was like, if and when I'm able to reintroduce cannabis into my life, yeah. I want to do it like Brit. Yeah. yeah. It's like I had been for so long not doing it in the way that I probably should have been. I was definitely mm-hmm. in that like dab bro culture, yeah. which is fine if like that's what you do. But I loved the way Brit 
Britt like uh, talked about the mindfulness behind it and like her ritualistic aspect of it, like not doing it all the time, only Mm -hmm. on these certain points. And I hope that if I am able to reintroduce it back into my life, I do it like her. If if you're listening, go listen to that episode. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Britt Johnson. Yeah, she was was great. She was lovely. So we are here to break the stigma of how healing cannabis is versus what people think it does. So to break the stigmas, we like to ask our guests' perspectives. With that being said, what's a stigma you would like to see changed revolving cannabis? Oh, you know, I have the mom aspect of this too. And that's always go. that's I always a good one. Yeah. That's always a great one. You know, the whole, I'm going to have a drink of wine. I agree. Do whatever you need to do. But also, like, it goes back to taking care of yourself. Um, I wish that more moms I'm gonna I'm gonna focus more on this mom aspect because I feel like that that's something that I truly like really resonate with as being a young mom um I wish that there were I wish that there were more moms who felt comfortable with like just saying like okay I need to take a break once I put my kid down for bed if I need to go smoke a joint I'm gonna allow myself to like smoke a joint and not feel bad about it or whether or not they want to take an edible or whatever the situation yeah. is it's like I wish that um there is more of a destigmatization for like moms consuming cannabis and not being looked at as like this person who doesn't care about their kid yeah. or whatever have you because like I smoked for so long and I love my son more than anything you know and so like it goes back to the mom culture of just like not being judged for mm. your actions because ultimately if you're taking care of yourself and you're taking care of your kid and you're a good person and you're not harming anybody and you're not putting like super harmful some right. substances into your body or to, to like put your kid into that like there's nothing wrong like yeah. it's yeah. okay mm-hmm. yes it's just in your head that you have to get beyond yeah like yeah. yeah you're not a bad mom yeah like you're taking if if that one joint is going to bring you immense relaxation to better to be a better mom for your kid right. then i say do it absolutely yeah. Because, yeah because sometimes you need to take a break yeah yeah, yeah. momming is a lot it is momming is hard it is and so that's that's something that originally on my platform that I really talked about was like being a single mom doing that alone and like you know the fact that I was consuming weed to help with the uh, the mental struggles and the yeah. the physical because right. it's an ongoing thing and it never stops and like we all need help right whether you go see a therapist because I do if you see a therapist if you ride your bike whatever your quote-unquote vice is mm-hmm. I don't even, I wouldn't even consider it a vice like I, I view it as a tool like it is a medicine and we should treat it like that yeah. and not judge like you don't get judged if you're taking Adderall or Xanax you know yeah yeah or or, or some antidepressant if <laughs> mm-hmm. you're a mom or some anti-anxiety right. pill so what's really the difference yeah you know and yeah. so I think like I wish that there was more um more more people just being open to being like, Yeah, I'm mom and I smoke weed mm-hmm. because like this is how I need to relax mm-hmm. at yeah. the end of the day. If you're sitting near the bathtub, light up a J, you know, got some bubbles on. There's nothing wrong with that. No, yeah. not at all. I love that. Thank you for yeah. sharing your perspective. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, okay. Lauren, I think this wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us and just share your story and give a lot of insights. I'm sure someone listening just gained a lot of perspective and just 
this knowledge on what you've been experiencing and everything. So thank you for sharing who you are. Yes. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to get to know more about you and to meet you last week as a sneak preview. I know. That was so fun. And thank you all so much for having me on here and letting me share my yeah, story with you course. all. I'm happy to provide a platform yes. to where you can do that. Thank so. you so much. Yes. Yeah. Guys, be sure to follow Lauren's journey on her IG at In the Grassland. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode. Join us again next week, same time, same place. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.